following is a recording of a sermon given at All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. For additional messages and more information, visit allsaintslutheran.ca. Let us turn to Psalm 8, verses 1-9. till O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes, to steal the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of our God. Amen. We are starting a new series that I have called Just Like Us. And so what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks is look at some of the key characters of the Bible. And we're going to do that uh, to see how much they are like us so that we can see how we could be like them. And it's uh, uh, so we're going to be looking at several characters. Uh, the plan so far, first of all, a couple of weeks ago, we did Joseph, and I could have had Joseph as part of the series, but I hadn't planned the series yet. And so this sort of the thing we did with Joseph, we're going to be doing with these other characters. And so we're going to be, God willing, looking at seven Bible characters, the first one being Jacob next week. This week, I'm, going, I'm doing an introduction to the series. Then the following Moses, then David, Elijah, Peter. Paul, and we're going to end the series, God willing, Easter Sunday, by looking at Jesus. And there are some people, I, I, I wonder if they think it's a little strange to be thinking about Jesus as just like us, but that's exactly what the New Testament teaches us, that he became just like us so that we could become just like him. And the fact is, all of the Bible characters are actually portrayed in a way that we can relate to them. The, the characters of the Bible, and especially we're, we're going to be looking, of course, at, at these characters that are the ones that, that we should be following their example. There's a lot of bad characters in the Bible, and we actually share some of their character traits as well. And, and so we can learn from, from all the Bible characters. But these ones that I've chosen are those that are set apart as ones to, uh, as examples whether we're learning from their own mistakes, their sins, or from their accomplishments. The fact is, the Bible portrays everyone as normal. Everybody is actually normal. Human beings, in some way, we're really all the same. Though that's not exactly the way uh, successful people are portrayed in the media, in 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 other forms of, of you know TV and shows and movies. We uh, 
the way people are portrayed isn't we don't normally see these we don't see these people as normal we don't see people as just like us we don't see successful people as just like us we tend to see successful people famous people as separate from us different from us i remember giving uh the book uh of the biography of the well-known paraplegic minister uh johnny erickson tata to to um a relative of mine one of my relatives that's open to our faith and he really enjoyed reading her whole story about how she was a believer she wanted to know god better that she had this horrible diving accident and became a quadriplegic and then how she learned uh, despite of her her challenges to find effective ways to serve god and make a difference with her life as she's still doing today and after he read the book he gave it back to me and his response was she's really special and there was a sense of and yes so johnny in a sense is special but what you're supposed to learn from her story is that actually is if somebody like that could be so effective in living her life how much more the rest of us who don't have those challenges but it seemed that my relative read the book through a filter that's very common that sees successful people as almost like an unusual kind of human being and there's good reason why people do that and so we see the very successful as not like us and often we become jealous of them or we feel very small in the presence of, of successful people or thinking about them or we start to wish if only this and if only that then we could be like them well we can't ever exactly be like somebody else because everybody's unique that's how god made us but the truly successful people especially the truly godly people who've been effective for god there's a sense in which they're really just like us and the more we realize that the more we could be just like them again not in doing the exact things same things that they did but to do the things that we're called to do in an effective godly way so what i want to share this morning is two i want to provide two things that will help us as we begin to explore the lives of these seven bible characters in these next couple of months the the first thing that i want to look at is how the common concept of what i call the hero myth gets in the way of us understanding the bible characters as the way we do and this is the sort of thing that i believe uh created a problem for my relative in how he read the story of johnny we tend to think of these of these of successful human beings as special and there's a reason why a special in this certain way that gets in the way of us really connecting with them and that is we tend to think of bible characters and people like johnny as heroes we'll use the word heroes uh, there's probably a book that you can buy where that describes bible characters and it's bible heroes but that's not the way the bible portrays these characters in fact the bible helps us to understand that there's really no such thing as the hero just could be normal people 
doing great things, which is not the same thing as the as this hero concept. So from ancient times, there have been people that have been thought of as heroes. And I, I explain that as a man or a woman, real or fictional, who stood apart from everyone else. These people were endowed with unusual abilities and seemed to not be affected by the normal challenges that the rest of us face. Or in other words, they are not like us. Now, this is obvious in ancient mythology, Greek, Norse, Roman mythology. And today, those kinds of characters are portrayed to us as superheroes. We could talk about the superhero myth that's very alive in our society. Now, nobody that I, I, I'm not aware of anybody who believes that Batman or Captain America or Superman are real people. But these uh, people have become the heroes of, of many people today. I grew up, I wanted to be a superhero. I love the superheroes. There is something very attractive about characters that were not affected by the things that affected me. And so in the superhero myth, you have these unusual characters endowed with special powers, unaffected by the things that affect the rest of us, and they enter into our lives to rescue us. But that's not the biblical way of thinking of how God rescues us. Even God, who is unaffected by the things that affect the rest of us, how did he rescue us and how does he rescue us? He rescued us becoming a, by becoming a man just like us, who experienced all the weaknesses and all the trials and all the temptations that all of us face. And within that, having become just like us, he was able to rescue us. But that's not how the superhero myth works. And yet we tend to think about Jesus, Moses, David in terms of superheroes. And what ends up happening, instead of relating to them in the way that we should so that we could become like them, we sit back, we read their stories, and we applaud like fans. Yay, Jesus. Yay, David. David goes and fights Goliath. And that's an interesting story there, how David enters into the strife that the people of Israel were, were facing and as one of them, he conquers the giant and gives and, and encourages the rest of the army of Israel to rise up and do what David's doing. And that's what Jesus did. He came into our mess. He became just like us so that we could become just like him. And yet, instead, what so many people do is they become fans. They stand off as if they're in the stands and they cheer on Jesus and what he's done. We worship him as if we're his fans, not his followers. But through what he's done and by pouring out his Holy Spirit, he enables us to be just like him to further the work that he began when he was on the earth 2,000 years ago. But when we start looking at people as fans instead of followers, we feel so bad when when they let us down. And all of a sudden, you know, so great celebrities, whether they're Christian or not, and this is a real problem in the church, 
This whole idea of these celebrities, we see them as superheroes doing our work for us. And then we discover that they they blow it just like we do. And it completely shatters our world. It even shatters people's faith. Some people don't recover when certain Christian celebrities fall. And that's because we're not really looking to the Lord and we've created, we've turned these people into superheroes or idols and we see them as something other than what they really are, just like us. And so the Bible, the Bible itself doesn't do that. The Bible doesn't picture these people as superheroes. They don't, they don't picture people like David and Moses as different from us. In fact, the Bible is so completely honest about its characters. And so we see these people just the way they are. And so that we learn that these people are actually normal, just like us. And as we see them for who they really are, I was just reminded by someone that that I might need to say that Jesus became just like us, except that he didn't sin. And that is true. But the the problem with with what what the church tends to do with Jesus and his his perfection being in the it uh, being fully divine, even though he became fully human, is we downplay the challenges that he faced. And kind of like, well, Jesus didn't sin. No big deal. He didn't sin because he's God. And then we're missing the point. We're missing the point that he became just like us. And he did succeed where we have failed because he didn't sin. And because he didn't sin, that's why he was raised from the dead. Not just because he was he was God. And maybe we'll talk about that more when we talk about him, uh, God willing, Easter Sunday morning. We need to understand that God became just like us so that we could become just like him. And so the other thing that I wanted want to do is the first thing was understanding how we have been um, we've been confused because of how we understand superhero and we see the Bible characters as superheroes. The other thing that I want to look at briefly is that um, the Bible teaches us what it means to be really human. See, if we don't understand why we're on planet Earth, then we can't really understand what we're for. If we can't understand what what we're for, then we're not able to connect with what God is saying in his word as to how to live out our purpose in life. Let's read Genesis 1, verses 26 through 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
And God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I've given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And so what we see here is that God made us in his image to represent him on planet earth, to be his stewards over the planet. And so we are here on this planet to take care of the earth, hearing God, doing his will, fulfilling his purposes on earth. And this is the essence of what it means to be human. But sadly, what often happens is when Christians start to think about what we're here for, we tend to think of spirit in terms of spiritual things only, as if there's a hierarchy, as if people who are pastors and missionaries and doing what they call the work of the Lord are living at a higher plane than those who are accountants and engineers and homemakers and teachers and janitors. That really God has apportioned to people all sorts of tasks to care for his creation. Some people are set aside to to train people in understanding God's word, which is, I believe, what God has given me to do. And while I've tried to do this my entire adult life, sometimes I find myself not doing this full time. I was involved in high tech for for 20 years. And there's no difference in God's eyes uh, in terms of what I was doing unless I was disobeying him by being in high tech, but I could be disobeying him being in ministry. Just because somebody's involved in something that's called spiritual, that doesn't make them better in any way. What God requires of his people is to be faithful to him in whatever we are called to do. I had the wonderful opportunity years ago in one of uh, the surprising ways I got to use the gift God's given me in teaching his word is for three years, I was the chapel leader of the Ottawa Champions baseball team. And um, it was sort of a, a dream come true to, to do that sort of thing. At the same time, it was quite intimidating to be with professional baseball players here in Ottawa and try to impart to them helpful information that was going to help them to be better people. And I found myself when I would teach them that when when some of them would come Sunday uh, mornings to to chapel at the at the ballpark at uh, our, uh, at what used to be called Link Stadium uh, here in Ottawa, uh, RG I always get them I won't the, the RG whatever the park is called now anyway. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's uh, near Vanier Parkway and the 417. Anyway, so I'd go there on Sunday mornings, and some of them would come out, and I would, I would, I would teach the Ottawa players separately from. That's the way we were supposed to do it. And I would teach the the visitor team people who were interested in coming to chapel, and I'd have a time with the umpires separately. And I felt uh, when I would be teaching him his, their uh, the Word of God. Uh, that they had left their baseball player and baseball world persona and they would come as as Christians to hear God's word in something that was like a church service. And it, this was some sort of Christian oasis, which in some ways it was, but it was detached from their lives as baseball players. But if these were true followers of Jesus... Um, they should only be baseball players if that's what God had given them to do. If they 
were not given that job by God. They should be doing something else. And so the same thing for the pastor, the same thing for the engineer, the same thing for the janitor, the same thing for the baseball player. They should be doing what they're doing because that's what God had called them to do. And whatever they do, they should be doing it for the glory of God. But there was this gap between, if I would ask them how, and I did actually. So what occurred was in my third year uh, with the team, that's where I conceived of, of a Bible study that is the basis of what I'm developing as the sermon series. And so uh, we were looking at these various men of the Bible and seeing how they were just like us so that we could be just like them. And so I did an introduction, something similar to what I'm doing with you now uh, with them in the first week of the series. And then I asked them the question, how you, how can you like baseball players live for the glory of God. And the answers that I got from them was exactly at, were exactly as I expected. It, it was things such as being kind, being loving, being forgiving, like not acting out badly. Well, and I pushed them, well, but how about in your job as baseball players? And then I got, well, it was work ethic, get to the park early to to do the, the practicing and the training that we're supposed to do, you know, be the first one there and the last one to leave. And they were trying to find these kind of, we would call abstract ways of living that would be in parallel to their job. No, no one mentioned anything that had to do precisely with their job as baseball players. So I began to share with them how I saw it. And there was a couple of things. As professional baseball players, they uh, were providing work for other people so they could provide for their families by the, the various vendors and office staff and, and other people that were involved in supporting the this entertainment experience that they were providing. And then as an entertainment experience, they were providing leisure and an opportunity for people to come to the baseball park on a nice afternoon or an evening and, and have friendship time together and, and get some time out from their, their, their regular routine and enjoy uh, what I think is a very beautiful game of baseball. Well, that is something to the glory of God. P some people are obsessed about sports. Uh, we could have a discussion about player salaries in professional sports. Uh, but uh, this still, th these are opportunities to bless people. But then that still leaves, what about what they actually do? Can that be for the glory of God? And so I suggested to them on, on it was a, it was a Wednesday early evening before the game that night, um, there is I pointed to one of the outfielders who was there at chapel, a regular uh, attendee, and the catcher. I know some of you don't know baseball, but I'll, I'll try to explain this as best as possible. And so the outfielder, he plays way out, uh, 300 plus feet away from where the catcher plays. And there are these situations whereby uh, he might have an opportunity to catch the ball and throw it over 300 feet to try to get somebody out at first at, at, at home plate. And so I said, when Matt takes the ball and sends a perfect throw to Danny at home plate and this magnificent, beautiful um, act of human prowess this is to the glory of God. 
And the amazing thing that happened is that exact play that I used as an illustration, which rarely happens, happened that night. And I hope that it was it that that moment was never lost on those players as that they would understand that whether they're at home or at the ballpark, that they are called to do what they do for the glory of God. And so, as it says in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2, it's required of stewards that they be found faithful. And so that whatever we are called to do in life, we are called to serve God with our lives. And the there's the seven characters that I've chosen, I believe, are going to help us to see various elements of normal human life and how they dealt with those things, including the Lord Jesus, to help us to become just like them and serve God in the way that they did and make a difference with whatever time we have left on this planet, that we could be the people of God that he has called us to be. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you've chosen this time for us to be living uh, on this earth that you have created. This earth with rain and clouds and rainbows and living in a day where even with COVID, there's still such opportunity to, to be a blessing to others, to do things that we need to do at this time. Oh, creator God, Equip us with your creativity to do what we need to do, to say what we need to say, especially at this time, to serve you, to make a difference in whomever you're calling us to serve. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For additional messages and more information, please visit us on the web at allsaintslutheran.ca.